0: Hey there, folks, Alex Oaks here, and welcome back to Classic Camera Revival. We are continuing our interview series, and today we have the wonderful Jess Hobbs with us. And if you don't know who she is, what rock have you been living under? So let's roll the intro.
1: Welcome to the Classic Camera Revival, coming to you from the Greater Toronto-Hamilton region of Ontario, Canada. If you don't have gear acquisition syndrome now, you most likely will by the end of the episode.
0: Hey there, folks, and welcome back. And if you've been listening to our show for a while, you know that Jess has been a regular on our show. So we've decided to bring her on and just sit her in the hot seat and ask her a whole bunch of questions. So, Jess, welcome back.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I- I always feel so honored to be a guest on the show. So this is a lot of fun for me.
0: Awesome. So, like we always do, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: <laughs> the the dreaded <laughs> the dreaded first question. Though. Um. Well, I'm well. I'm Jess Hobbs. Um. I. Currently moved to my fiancé's family farm in the eastern townships. Um, I'm originally from another town around here, so I usually say I'm from Montreal because that's the biggest city closest to me. Um, I've been shooting film like my whole life. Uh, my parents got me a camera when I was nine. This little plastic Vivitar point and shoot that they always called dummy proof, so I couldn't <laughs> break their cameras. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I mean. That's just been it for me. Film my whole life. Uh, my baby pictures were on Polaroids, so I've always had a special attachment to that film, particularly as well. And uh, when I went to university, I decided to take up a, a couple classes so I would learn darkroom printing and how to develop myself. And I fell in love so much with that process that it was just film for me for life. Yeah, <laughs> as long as it's as long as it's still around, anyways.
0: Absolutely. What what cameras are you currently shooting now? I mean, you started out with this dummy-proof Vivitar point-and-shoot. What's so, in your uh, stable today?
2: So after that, uh, well, to get me through my school years, I actually got, um, I think it's a Nikon 401S. Yeah, I think that was what it was. Uh, I still have it somewhere. I haven't used it in years. Uh, because my next camera after that was my Mamiya RB67. Uh, and that is just like that's the camera i love to shoot that camera will go to the grave with me it's the only one i'm not (laughs) leaving behind for anyone (laughs) that is my camera and that is it um even poor jody he'll have to get his own
1: (laughs) ouch (laughs) Uh,
2: that's okay i um, he's got cameras that i'd love to have that i'm sure he'll take to the grave with him so that's Mm. fine um but yeah and then since then it honestly snowballed i've got uh yashica mat, tlr i've got tons of slrs om1 f1 is my canon f1 is my main workhorse slr i've um recently got been gifted a zenith c uh so Ooh. i'm running a test roll mm. through that which is pretty interesting i have a leica 3a that's headed off to uh be 8 in the states um And then, yeah, I just, oh, and now I can shoot Polaroids on my Mamiya because I have a special back for that. I have SX-70 cameras. There's not a lot I'm missing, but there's (laughs) a few key ones that I I still have an eye on.
1: So what are the key ones you're having an eye on? (laughs) Just, I had to go there.
2: (laughs) So eventually, the I Will Have to Buy are going to be a Roliflex, which Originally, it was going to be the 2.8C or F. And recently, I've said, you know what? I can settle for uh, a <laughs> 3.5 because I'm much call. cheaper.
1: The <laughs> so yeah. 3.5s are amazing cameras. I own yeah. two of them. Um, you know, it's 75F 3.5 planar glass or Snyder Zenitar yeah. glass is just gorgeous.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So I figure that that's a good way, a good place to settle um, because I also still want to get... A Chrome Nikon FM2 with a 35 millimeter lens, just like Mary Ellen Mark had. Mm. She's one of my favorite photographers, and uh, I kind of idolize her a little. So I want that camera. Uh, I also want to get into. Oh, there it is. <laughs> it's so beautiful.
0: <laughs> I'll I'll let you in on a little secret. If you really still want it by the end of this year.
2: I know no one can see this because it's a podcast that you're listening to, but my face (laughs) is shocked. And yes, I'll be in touch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and then I still want to get into large formats. So probably Mm. I'll probably start with an intrepid because I like the idea of supporting uh, companies that are still making stuff. Um, Oh, good call. And, uh, you know, I'd love to have like a Shen Hao or um, a Wista but I'm probably going to end up with an Intrepid. I know a lot of people tend to find the movements not as versatile as other cameras, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to learn anyways, so I might as well learn on that. Because,
0: I oh, had yeah. a, I had a Gen 1 um, mm-hmm. Intrepid. I backed their original Kickstarter oh, and got amazing. the very first one, and it was a great camera. Excellent. And then... The bus I was on coming out of Fortress Louisburg hit a bump, and the camera fell and broke.
1: Oh but no! The
0: good news is that I sent what had happened and where the stress points were to Intrepid, and they used that to make improvements on the Mark II.
2: That's amazing. So, so the yeah. Mark II is is due to to your your bus. Uh, well, there there <laughs> were certain elements that changed
0: that that yeah. certainly helped mm-hmm. it. So, yeah. and cool. they're now on like the mark, I think 4. They're on mark
2: four. Yeah. 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 So, so that's, that's what I'll be looking at. Uh, at some point, um, I'm just, you know, trying to, my thing is, is I don't like to give up cameras. Um, cause I probably have a few I could sell and then I could actually afford to buy all these other cameras that I still want to yeah. get. Uh, but then I'm, I'm dreading the, the regret, the, the, oh, now I want it back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah i've, seen this, well. I've yeah. seen this story play out i've seen it personally and with a certain sibling of mine oh uh, yeah yeah yep the other fun thing i've not about intrepid they're also making enlargers
2: i know
1: yep i know and an
2: eight s-
0: by ten and yeah. they just uh. they're just totally awesome
2: they are. Mm-hmm. I, I do still have my eye on a Bessler 4x5 uh, because mm-hmm. it's blue. So I like the color. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I do have an eye on those intrepid ones as well, um, especially like if I ever want to like hopefully become maybe a little bit more of a traveler, you know, like once everything settles down and and everyone right. feels comfortable going back out there um I definitely want to travel and so I think you know maybe some sort of mobile darkroom setup like now that in um
0: Ilford, Ilford.
2: are releasing that pop-up tent darkroom thing yeah. that looks so cool I'm even thinking of actually getting it for for here um mm. just mm. to be able to work in in the summer maybe out you know because yeah. On the farm i don't really have a lot of it's surprisingly 200 acres and no no space to put a dark room um but you know at least not without building one and putting in a septic and you know and all that stuff and yep. water heaters and stuff mm-hmm. so it'd be perfect i think mm-hmm. that's a fantastic idea
0: yeah so living out in uh, the eastern townships um just to give people who've never been to quebec or people like me who've only really been to Montreal and Quebec City and have just driven through the rest of it from the Ontario border all the way to New Brunswick. What are the eastern townships like?
2: Uh, So it's, it's, it's a really, it's actually quite a large area, actually, that takes up the, what they call the eastern townships. Um, It spreads from about Granby, which is about halfway between, well, I guess it's not halfway between Montreal and Quebec city, but it, well, somewhat it's, it's in there. And it goes all the way out to, towards Sherbrooke and maybe even a bit past it, I think like Coatacook and stuff. So it's, it's quite, it's, you know, I'm trying to think of the distance probably about a hundred kilometers or something. Okay. Like it's like decent. It's pretty decent. Um, oh. Like Granby is an hour away f- from Sherbrooke. That's how I judge my, my distances is <laughs> by time. So no, an we hour do the away same from, thing
0: in Ontario. Yeah. So is
2: oh, yeah. an hour away from Sherbrooke and Gramby also an hour away from Montreal. So it's like smack dab in the middle between the two. Okay. Um, mm. And so it's this really interesting area because it was mainly settled now i might be getting my history a little wrong so please don't no one no one shoot me if i got this wrong it was mainly settled more by the english um because there's little towns like called like north hatley uh lennoxville mm-hmm. uh, until it was taken up by the amalgamation of sherbrooke um even you know there's a lot of there was a lot okay. of english that settled there um and there's also a, a large French population as well, uh, but it, it it's kind of this like weird little anomaly outside of Montreal where you can speak either language, and no one really cares.
0: Okay.
2: yeah, well, you know like yeah, so like in Montreal, you can you can speak both at the same time, even half the time, mm-hmm. and everyone understands each other. It's kind of like that in the townships, too. I mean, you'll always find pockets of of you know more French or more English. But um, I must but have I hit the f- wrong
0: pocket that one time I stopped at a McDonald's.
2: That's it's possible. <laughs> it's probably. Possible. Oh, especially if you were going from like to towards Quebec city, you were probably taking um, like through three rivers and stuff, which would have been the mm-hmm. North part. That's not yep. even part of the township. So that's
1: oh, okay. That's, yeah, uh, that's the North shore. That's Trois Rivieres, yeah. and then And yeah, oh, okay. that's solidly Francophone. Yeah. Like <laughs> again, for the studio audience it's bill here i grew up in montreal up until i was age 12 and again my parents did a lot of day trips into the eastern townships and i think the townships actually went all the way to the vermont border
2: that's true yeah i, I only went from east to west but it does yeah. go all the way it down. goes down
1: yeah. to like up, yeah. to, up to the new york vermont border and
2: mm-hmm. uh
1: then i came up through the um through that part through a uh, main uh, okay, oh yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. pretty drive, yep. and again, oh yeah, like, yeah, you know, again, I was a kid, but I think the adult and photographer and me said, Oh God, I would love to like shoot all that, just the landscapes, yeah. yeah,
0: I really didn't stop i was uh I was burning time and wanted to get to Quebec City, so yeah,,
1: ah. yeah.
2: yeah, that's not quite as pretty a drive I find, um, mm. there's some nice areas up there for sure. But uh, the townships, I don't know, they, there's like a special magic almost to the woodlands in the townships. Nice. Yeah, mm. it's I don't know. It's just it it feels like I guess maybe for me, because I love history so much, it feels steeped in history. And I mm-hmm. feel like you can see that, like even like I have some videos that I did uh, my fall series last year where oh, I kind of yeah. take people and I talk about like the town, the cent- town center was in my backyard basically here oh. uh, you know and yeah before the old train station came down and there's still you can still find foundations like stone oh, stone awesome. foundations like covered up now but the stone foundations from the houses that used to be there the old mine the there was a slate mine it's on the farm like part of our field covers the old slate mine um <sighs> oh, that uh, it actually flooded uh, I don't believe okay. I don't believe anyone was hurt. I don't think anyone died or anything, um, but it flooded. So they couldn't actually use it as a mine anymore. And now there's this really pretty little lake.
0: <laughs> nice. Very nice. good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that is so cool.
2: Yeah. And so there's lots of that stuff in the townships. Like you can find all kinds of little oh. historical pockets everywhere. And it's, you know, we didn't really fight any wars or anything here. You know, like Quebec city has like all the forts and, and the battlegrounds yep. and stuff. But, uh, but the township still has it has that really interesting mix of mm-hmm. all the cultures that were here and you can even see it in the architecture there's some very french homes and some very english homes yeah yeah so mm-hmm. oh,
0: so that probably all was settled after um mm-hmm. french indian war yeah yeah the conquest of new france yeah
2: yeah yeah oh
0: oh that is that is just so cool
2: yeah, yeah. And if you're, if anyone is ever out here look me up and I will give you a tour of the townships. I have nice. I grew up here, uh, born and raised, uh, went to school here. So, yeah. Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah. So what are your favorite subjects to go out in, and shoot?
2: Uh, so this is actually kind of a funny thing. It is definitely trees. And the reason I say it's funny is because I was talking with Sam Warner at one point, um, and he was saying that him and his wife called me the tree lady. <laughs> <laughs> Because I photograph trees so much. And I love that. I thought that was the sweetest compliment, actually, because I was like, I am a tree lady. Like, I will I will often just stop and, like, sit underneath one. I'll hug a tree. I'm not scared to say it. Uh, you know, I, I love the woods. Uh, for me, it's definitely, definitely the woods. Um, nice. I don't know if maybe there's a little, like, a, a tiny little bit of Ansel Adams that... <laughs> <laughs> that mm. popped up through me. Um, but for me, like I, I, I just adore photographing in the woods because it's always changing. It seems like mm. it's the same, but it's always changing. The four mm. seasons are very different. And even yeah. from year to year, a tree might fall, a new tree might grow, uh, the different flora and fauna that could pop up. And I just feel like it's such a shame that we're logging the whole thing down,
1: yeah. that
2: I'm just trying to photograph it all as much as I can so we have a record of something in time
0: there there's one creek valley out behind um Sheridan College where I work and it's just my escape from Mm. the office because I can just walk out the back door down a hill and I'm just in this valley and yeah the woods they're they're always changing Mm -hmm. and there was this one tree up on a ridge And it has since fallen down, but the roots had all become exposed because of erosion. It was just my favorite scene to shoot. Mm -hmm. And it didn't matter how many times or whether I had a different camera, the same camera would just be that scene. So Mm -hmm.
2: exactly. Um, Actually, and there's one other thing that I do love to shoot is there's this one house uh, on my road that it has been it was left abandoned years ago like decades ago um and so it's slowly crumbling it's slowly falling apart um and the story was this guy came from belgium to have a farm here and he was bringing his family over and his wife tragically passed away as soon after she got off the plane like heart attack i think in the airport and that was it and so he went a little crazy so a lot of people you know, would kind of stay leery of him and stuff. But apparently he was a really, really, really nice person. And I don't know what it is with his land, but I walk past it and I always feel like a sense of peace.
1: So Mm. I'm always
2: photographing the house as it's starting to kind of fall apart before before anything Mm -hmm. happens, before it blows down or who knows, someone sets it on fire or something, you know, Um, and it doesn't matter what camera I have. I have a brand new camera. I go and I photograph with it. (laughs)
1: there we go i've got a house like that on highway 10 in caladin on the east side of uh, highway 10 that i always shoot different any season all seasons color black and white 35 millimeter 120 it's like yeah shoot that i don't know who owns the land sadly the way probably a developer
0: at this point
1: yeah which is Mm -hmm. truly sad Or maybe the possible route for highway, the proposed highway 413, Mm. which we're trying to stop because it's a highway nobody wants or needs really. Yeah. Yeah. But we won't go into that because this is a (laughs) photography podcast, not (laughs) regional urban planning. There are other podcasts that cover that and do it better than we do. So the other big question is, we know what you love camera wise, film.
2: Oh. (laughs) Or have I
1: opened a Pandora's box here? Uh, (laughs) If we we gave you a 1000 bucks and a shopping cart at Downtown Camera, what would you put in it?
2: Oh, boy. (sighs) So I have so many favorites. Um, HP5 is always the film that I Mm. shoot when I'm testing a camera. I know that film, like the back of my hand. I push it. Mm -hmm. I've never pulled it. That's the only thing I haven't done. But um, I love that film. It shoots well at so many different speeds. And it's the one that I can tell if there's something wrong with the camera um so definitely hp5 i love fp4 Mm. um one of my favorites to shoot within the woods um ortho 80 in the winter is a really good one um p30 kodak p3200 i love for indoor stuff um Mm. and then and then there's color kodak ektar is probably Mm -hmm. my favorite color film Although I do find Ultra Max is way more versatile. So that's a lot of fun to shoot with. Yeah. And Lomo Purple. Oh, I love Lomo Purple.
1: There seems um, to be a large cult of Lomo Purple. I think so. There. Especially yeah. on Instagram. It's like <laughs> yeah. I think like maybe a fifth of my feed. Oh wow. You had another Lomo, Lomo Purple. Purple shop. Yeah. Yay. Hey yeah yeah uh
2: but danielle I, what I love... seems
0: to be rocking
1: the lomo purple. oh god i think she probably Definitely. bought a, a skid of the stuff i'm off sure lomo. <laughs>
2: yeah she does fantastic work with her lomo purple oh, too yeah. i yeah. love it yeah um whereas yeah. i've
0: shot only two rolls, and yeah. i've only really liked the one mm. and the other one it's like oh well, it
2: depends on which batch you get, too, because every now and then there might be a batch that's a little bit off. I've seen mm-hmm. people talk about that.
0: And lighting um, conditions. like and I, lighting, I, mean, lighting is everything. I did not shoot the role I had, the first role under the best conditions. Mm-hmm. And yeah. one of the folks from the uh, film photography community just went, oh, well, you shot it under bad conditions. Here, let yeah. me send you another role.
2: Oh, and just nice. sent it
0: to me. Oh, wow. Nice.
2: No, I love Lomo Purple, but it definitely loves sunlight mm. um, and it doesn't like snow. <laughs> uh, anything white just stays white. So you have to keep that in mind yeah. when you're shooting with Lomo Purple. Um, but I love it when I just feel like w- when I'm feeling a little creative, a little different, I want to see the world a little differently, um, especially like where I am. I adore living in the country and being able to walk on country roads or take drives and photograph old barns and stuff too. Um, but so every now and then, when I feel really creative, I pop a roll into usually my Yashica mat because I love it in square format as well. Um, and my favorite is one twenty; it has to be shot in one twenty for me. Um, and I just get to look at like everything a little differently. That's what I like about that film.
1: Have you played with Metropolis at all?
2: I have big plans for Metropolis. Um, I haven't yet, uh, but I have a really big video planned. I'm just waiting for the perfect. I need the perfect weather. Mm. And not perfect, not in the sense of how people think of perfect weather, but perfect for my video. (laughs) (laughs) But I've got plans. I've got plans.
0: So speaking of videos, you have an amazing YouTube channel. And you've inspired so many people, myself included, um, Mm. to just get out and shoot and to explore things. And in my case, to even restart my own YouTube channel. What made you choose YouTube as the uh, as your medium of choice?
2: Um, I think part of it. So it's kind of twofold. Part of it was Jody had started, he's my fiance for those who don't know him. Um, Part of it had started when he started his channel about a year before I decided to start mine. And it was a lot of fun to watch like the filming process, the editing process. Um, And he was doing it all about our farming adventures. So every now and then even I would be on screen and stuff. And so it was a lot of fun doing that. And another part was actually a video done by Casey Neistat. Um, he brought on the, I think it was the CEO of YouTube or one of the like top guys anyways. And he was asking about what they're looking for in content creators. And he's the, the, the YouTube guy. I can't remember his name, unfortunately. Uh, he said he was looking for more female-led content. Uh, that was mm. where they really wanted to like, they were really hoping to that people would pick it, women would pick it up and start doing YouTube channels. And I was like, well, I could do one doing film photography. It's what I love. Uh, it's what I
1: mm-hmm.
2: try, you know, I'm trying to do. Um, and, you know, I really enjoyed my interactions on Instagram, but I wanted to just kind of take it to another level. And I wasn't really sure how to do it otherwise. So I said, Let, I'm just going to start a channel. Let's oh. just do it. And uh, that's just, yeah, that's where it came from. Nice. Yeah, I'm really glad I did it, too, uh, because hearing from people like you, Alex, uh, that I inspire you or that I've inspired you to pick up your own channel again. Or, you know, every time I hear that, it, it seriously just fills my heart with so much warmth. I, you know, it's, it's what I aimed for when I started my, my channel. I, you know, it might sound a little egotistical to say like, Oh, I wanted to inspire people, but it's true. (laughs) I did. I just wanted to get people off their couches and outside taking pictures. Even if yeah. you don't post them anywhere, even if you don't share them, if you just do it because you enjoy doing it, that's Absolutely. what counts.
0: That is all that counts, really. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it even reshaped how, which, which digital SLR I would pick up. Because yeah. all of a sudden it's like, oh, I'm doing all this video work. Yeah. I need a different camera.
2: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and I encourage everyone to shoot whatever they want. You know, yeah. even if I shoot film, I love digital photography just as much. You know, like, oh. and not for myself, Personally, I just <laughs> it is it is, uh, you know, and there's a lot of really great channels out there. Like Thomas Heaton's one of my favorite landscape photographers, mm. and most of his work is is digital. Yep. Uh, so you know, I have absolutely nothing against. You can go out with your iPhone. I don't care. Just mm. get out and shoot. Yeah, exactly. I use my phone all the time too. <laughs> wow,
0: well, same oh, yeah. here. Another really big thing for you is you recently started doing um, writing for Dora Goodman. <laughs> Tell us a little bit of an inside scoop on them, because we really are, I'm I'm hoping at this point when we're recording in uh, late September, um, to have Dora Goodman on our second show in October.
2: Oh, you are? Yes. Oh, that's cool. That's really exciting.
0: So hopefully this this week I'll be able to reach out and uh, set up a time.
2: Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, Yeah, I started working for them in January. Um, They had actually posted; it was just an Instagram story, so it was only up for 24 hours. Jody caught the tail end of it, sent me the screen capture, saying that they were looking for um, an English copywriter. They said preferably from the states, but I figured you know, close enough. (laughs) Canada, (laughs) North, you know, I can I could write American. (laughs) It's just taking out a U every now and then from like color and favorite.
0: I write for yeah. Studio C41 and I leave the uh, Canadian you, you spelling. You leave it?
2: There. Uh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I, I'm pretty sure in the blog post every now and then I do actually leave it uh, and I forget, but it, my autocorrect doesn't change it because it's Canadian keyboard. Anyways. Yeah,
1: it's funny. <laughs> I do I, I do write for a living. And if I have an American audience, I have I have for Canada, Canadian press style guide and you know, yeah. caps and spelling and all that. And then I have the AP style guide. Yep. For you know, because there are weird subtle differences. Not a lot, but it's no. just you know
2: now and then a few little you know things. Now and then,
1: and got... especially
2: like being in Quebec too. Like there are a lot of French words that pop up into our vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, the other the other night when we were uh, chatting with uh, Jess Lance, and I said I kept saying deponer and he was like, "What's a?" deponeur and i'm like oh right A convenience store sorry mm-hmm. you know because yeah. for us in in quebec it's just it's it's the deponeur
1: <laughs> they're great
2: <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. exactly
1: <laughs> well how in new york city they're called bodegas yeah that's true that's so it's true. like you know granted they're maybe more fully stocked than Deponer's, but yeah it's you know uh, the ex-montreal or i mean remembered that heard that name and like, oh that brings back to it yeah. <laughs> like correct. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah.
2: but yeah, so um so when they put out their call for an English writer, I said like I'll just throw my name in the hat. I you know, I figured they had an audience of 50,000 people. Uh, and they're like following them on Instagram, so I was like, I'm so not going to get chosen, but I'll send it out anyways. I had a bit of experience writing, like writing for Emulsive and stuff. Um, so I was able to send that. Plus, I had actually just put out a video about the press pan, and I mentioned them in, in the beginning not on purpose. I hadn't, I wasn't trying to get a job, I didn't know they were even going to hire or anything. Um, but you know, so I sent them that video as well, which was a little more copy heavy. Like I, I did voiceovers and stuff. So I took the time to write things out and, and everything before finalizing that video. Um, and then they chose me. Um, so it started off where I was rewriting parts of the website, um, to make it a little bit more clear, they said. Uh, and then they liked me so much. They kept me on for writing their blog posts. Um, they recently picked up uh, a deal with Petapixel, so the first article went up at the beginning of September on Petapixel, uh, all of, all about the mm. zone, the different things you can do with it. Mm. Um, yeah. and we have a couple more coming up, so I'll be writing those as well, um, and I do a little bit of ad work for them too. So it's uh, it's it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of fun. It's really cool, um, and it feeds my 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 gas. <laughs> Every time they send me to the camera, I'm like, yes. <laughs>
0: yeah, I still need to uh, get the uh, Skura built, but I oh, just yeah. need a, a free Saturday to. Yeah,
2: uh, yeah. give yourself a good that. couple hours.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because it's not complicated, but it takes longer than you think it will to well, put it together.
0: I'm yeah. a I'm a long time Lego builder, so excellent. Mm. Yeah. So I think I should be able to follow the instructions as long as for my sure. brain lets me.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, that's it. It's not the following the instructions part. It's just sometimes you're like, cause I've broken pieces. I've broken stuff yeah. I've had to put together before. So now I right. think I'm just overly cautious as well. And I'm like, okay, how tight can I actually like screw this in? Like, oh. uh, okay. Okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know.
0: I know about that. I've, I've developed a, uh, when I've been uh, field stripping and putting back together the uh, flintlock, my flintlock mm. musket, um, there you go. <laughs> I've learned to sort of go, okay, it can go this far, and then I just back it off a half turn. And... Yeah, mm-hmm. like
2: even on uh, my zone body. Uh, there were a bunch of stickers that said like, do not over tighten the screw. Be very careful. And I'm like, oh, good. I'm glad mm. that, <laughs> that I got my warnings here. <laughs> but but yeah, writing for them has been uh, has been fantastic. And I love the cameras. I'm mm. really enjoying them. Um, I'm still hoping to get my hands on a 612 camera soon, though.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, that would be interesting. I've
2: really interesting those, especially because it's medium format. It'd be so cool.
0: I think I
1: shot Matt Betchberger's six by twelve that he built by Oh hand. yeah,
2: I remember seeing that. That looked really cool.
1: Uh-huh. So that'd be interesting because Matt Betchberger makes his own. Yeah, I know salvaged parts. But he's uh, also the guy behind the Ravini Labs uh, yes. meters.
2: Yes, He he is such a nice guy. Um, hmm. he actually oh, yeah. he actually sent me a spot meter because he heard that my Soligor had broken.
1: Oh wow! Yeah. Oh wow! Yeah,
2: yeah. And uh, so I'm working on, I, I had to delay it a little. We had a major harvest that we had to do on the farm um, the last two weeks, but I'm going to be putting together a video review of the, uh, of the Raveni.
0: Oh, nice. I'm working yeah. on one too. Oh, yay. <laughs> just have a one minor piece I need to uh, film hmm. and then just stick it all together.
2: I gotta film from the beginning. I haven't started yeah. anything yet, but it's coming. Like
0: you, I I do everything myself.
2: Yeah, yeah. It <laughs> yes. Mm. It must be. Um oh. because because there are times that I've gone out and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna film by myself this time. And I just use my phone instead because it's a little easier. And then I'm like, what am I doing? This is this is ridiculous. I'm just gonna give up and wait for Jody to come with me. Mm. <laughs> it's yeah. so much easier. <laughs> It's yeah. camera
0: on tripod, and it's like okay, yeah. I need to figure out where I'm going to stand,
1: yeah. and then mm. focus it, and I can't see where.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, are, it's the joy it's, of blocking it's... your shot, and it's like okay, I, I have next to zero video experience experience other than some stuff for work. Well, actually, professional development. I had to learn how to film a video on a smartphone. Yeah. Oh yeah, and yeah. do it well. That it's good enough quality you can send it off to a newsroom and they'll run with it
2: wow yeah
1: easy that's easy. Easier, choose, easier said than done choose your environments <laughs> and backgrounds carefully that's bill's okay. helpful hint of the day
2: anything you've ever wanted to know about jess hobbs
1: <laughs> okay dumbass question <laughs> holy run really related to film photography shall bark chicken barbecue or Coat and luke barbecue which one and why <laughs>
2: I'm going to a be very honest.
1: Montreal question
2: I know I'm gonna be honest never been to either
1: <laughs> there we go well that answered that question
2: <laughs> sorry Bill <laughs> I've never been to either of them I can't answer there you go um, and meanwhile
1: the audience in NDG goes oh damn really yeah exactly <laughs> really
2: <laughs> I can I can hear the whole like west part of the island just like well it's aw, not even the west part yes. of the island it's no just well NDG. yeah <laughs> it's
1: just like ndg maybe a little bit of west
2: really yeah yeah <laughs> i know i'm sorry to disappoint everyone i've never been uh, to either
1: well
0: neither have i and i've been to montreal <laughs> twice so <laughs> um trying to
1: think
0: of- one of your one of your first projects and i think it's how i found your channel was you you did a lot of um photography at music festivals you don't seem like, if I passed you on the street, I wouldn't see you as someone who liked punk rock or <laughs> punk.
2: Uh, so it's kind of funny. Um, yeah, I, I didn't grow up in the punk scene, but uh, I was definitely brought into it. I mean, I always listened to punk when I was a kid, um, as well. Like, you know, when the offspring came out green day and everything like back in 94, um, that's, that's my year. 94 was, (laughs) it was, was a good year for punk. Um, and everyone was like, you either liked offspring or green day and you couldn't like both. And I was like, sorry guys. I like both. Um, but yeah, I know I don't really fit the profile so much. Um, I actually took my sister when she was 15 to warp to her first warp tour. Uh, in Montreal, um, because she was into punk as well. And when I met Jody, he plays in a punk rock rock band. So I really, I especially got immersed into the punk rock scene through him. I got to Mm. meet a lot of really cool bands and people that would travel with them, or sometimes they'd be traveling through, and they had put his band up, you know, out West or something. So we'd put up these bands whenever they came through our town. Um, And... I did some show photography, but I was always kind of scared. Um, I'm, not a, I'm not really good at photographing people. I'm scared to be in the way. Uh, I hated using flash, um, but I actually really found my stride doing my festival project. and um, that's So that project was where I went to as many festivals as I could in one calendar year in the city of Montreal. And I went to 225 different festivals. They weren't all music, uh, but there were a lot of music festivals. And it was all shot on film. It was all shot on Agfa Vista 400. Oh, that was my favorite film, by the way. Uh, <laughs> it was I, I
0: shot one roll of it at a reenactment, and it just made the red of the um, of the British units just pop just it's right. So I beautiful. have
1: I have a special roll waiting for you, Jess. Oh, it is a original Agfa Vista from
2: 2004 Ooh, nice freezer I have a, stored i have a brick sitting in my fridge waiting for me but that that's more recent it expired in 2019 i think yeah that would so. probably
1: be the rebadged fuji yeah, I product think so. so this is this is og the color palette will be very excellent. different
2: excellent i can't <laughs> wait that's so exciting <laughs> yay um but yeah so anyways uh shooting with that film because it was so pushable um I would go into dark places. Well, that sounds creepy. Um, I would go into dark venues with, with, uh, with that. And uh, I really hit my stride there. And since then I've actually gotten the bug of doing festival stuff. And I tend to like focus more like less on the bands or less on what's really going on and more on the people attending. Although I like to do show photography as well. Sometimes I do stuff for friends of ours that pass through um and yeah that was that was it that that's what really got me into festival stuff and i've i i i think i look more canadian farm girl (laughs) these days (laughs) than punk rocker but every now and then i i can pull out a an old band t-shirt and some black skinny jeans and (laughs) (laughs) mosh with the best of them
0: (laughs) nice yeah so what would be your dream photography trip? Where would you go? What would you shoot? What would you shoot with?
2: Oh, uh, there's there's many places. Um, but probably one of my favorite places that I would ever want to go would be the redwood forests, either in California mm. or in BC. That's nice. where, yeah. I I crave those like misty, thick rains but that aren't really pouring on you. They're just surrounding you and there's Mm. so much atmosphere and mosses are bright. And I'd probably shoot black and white, of course. But
0: (laughs) even that would look look fantastic. fantastic. Like ortho.
2: Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Ortho, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Iceland would be a great place to go as well. Uh, There's some fantastic landscapes out there. I'd love to go there.
0: Every time bill schwab posts about one of his trips to the Faroe islands it's like
2: that's another place yeah i know (laughs) and scotland oh i follow uh a youtuber named simon baxter who shoots like in the highlands and stuff and oh my goodness
1: oh the castles that's a bucket list trip for me
2: Mm -hmm. yeah I, and, I my great grandmother I, was from Scotland so I'd actually like to go back and see like the town that she was from and stuff but I really want to go to the countryside.
0: I for the longest time the only castle I really had experience with was like castle Loma in yeah. in Toronto and then in 2015 when I went over to Europe for the 200th of Waterloo I saw two castles from like the 1200s. Oh, cool. In, in Antwerp and uh, in Ghent. And nice. And the castle in Ghent I actually went into, and uh, they had a guillotine there. It was
2: like, <gasps> Oh, <gasps> <Ooh. laughs> that's cool.
0: And when I was showing the pictures when I got back, one of the first questions my wife, Heather, asked me was, oh, was there actual blood on the blade?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> How recently was I used?
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah.
2: Oh, uh, that's cool! Another place I'd love to go. I don't know if I would photograph it because I don't know if you could, but I'd love to go to Versailles. I'm obsessed with Marie Antoinette oh. and the French Revolution. That was uh, that was a part of history that I always really liked studying. Um, and I would love to go to Versailles.
0: You you've lost your head over that part of history?
2: Yes, <laughs> just <laughs> like <Ooh>. she did. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh nice. boy
2: yeah and um i've also always wanted to go through like the countryside in france because you can still see like it, it's not like monuments it's not like they tag it and say like this is where you know this battle in world war one happened or anything like that but you can still see kind of remnants like there's you know overgrown oh, yeah. mosses sometimes or and stuff and so i really world war one oh, and world war two yeah. were uh also where i concentrated my studies in and uh, so I'd love to travel there. Just one of the that.
0: places I visited in 2015 was Vimy.
2: Oh, nice! <sighs> yeah.
0: Just <sighs> and I ended up having to walk from the train station to wow. Vimy Ridge, and just boom, and yeah. it was on my knees weeping.
2: Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's a place I'd really like to go. Um, one of my mom's great uncles. He lied to get into World War One. He 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 was sixteen, I mm. sixteen or seventeen, and so he said he was eighteen, and he went, and he actually died when they stormed uh, Dieppe. Oh
0: wow! Yeah, in, yeah. In two, yeah.
2: Yeah, so I'd like wow. to go. I'd like to go and see that as well, because um, yeah. no one really talked about that in my family after that. It was just sort of like, nope just didn't happen so yeah. <laughs> so i'd like to i definitely like to go out there to see that but mm. uh, i think i'd like to just travel the world <laughs> and yeah. photograph everywhere mm. i go honestly i don't know if i have like
0: oh yeah
2: you know maybe there's some places i wouldn't go first mm. um you know like there are, not there not are because, a
0: handful of places I
2: yeah not because not because you know they're not interesting or don't have their own cool aspects about them or anything just there's a lot of there's so much of the world there's only so much i can see (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and there's only so much money (laughs) that that i'll I'll be able to have to travel um another bucket list place would actually be antarctica um (laughs) i'd love we jody and i were actually going to sign up to go to antarctica one year um and we just i forget what happens we just couldn't go and um the boat had an accident and sank oh no one got hurt no one you know but yeah that was the year we were supposed to go we're like whoa okay Uh, (laughs) but i i
1: i uh i remember hearing a talk at my local camera club a photographer went to antarctica and again if you're a civilian you don't get to fly in on the c-130 hercules you take the ship and you want to get like sort of a patch that you put behind your ear for motion sickness because them's real waves uh and it's where all the oceans meet so atlantic pacific southern oceans and it's major up and down for like a day or two and then it's like calm yeah, yeah. And
0: they're the reason there was so much trouble sailing around yeah. south america and uh
1: and yeah. africa. africa it's like yeah it's the it, just the oceans meeting so yeah yeah i've seen the photo. the, photo- the landscape is gorgeous mm-hmm. uh
2: i want to see some penguins <laughs>
1: <really want> that. <laughs> uh The old
2: whaling villages, too, those look. uh, They're more ruins. Those look fast. Yeah. But it looks really fascinating. It would still be cool to see it.
1: Yeah. My bucket list would probably go back at some point, go back to New Zealand, maybe to Australia. Oh, I'd
2: love to go to New Zealand.
1: Scotland, Europe, like go to. Oh, and
2: Patagonia. Patagonia is another place.
1: Ooh, that would be more. That's another beautiful landscape. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Thomas Heaton did a series there. Mm -hmm. uh where he traveled with a i guess he was doing workshops and stuff but he also put out some youtube videos and Mm -hmm. the 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 landscape just looks so fantastically beautiful yeah
0: you definitely want to film that that yes can uh take the cold and and have enough uh range to easily differentiate between everything yeah yeah if people are out there wondering why we have Jess on the show today. Other than the fact that she's just an amazing person, an amazing photographer, she will be taking over my spot on uh, Classic Camera Revival um, next year, starting in March. Um, I'll be taking a, a bit of a break from the podcast, at least on the hosting side of things. I'll still be manning the uh, the notes and the social media side of things, but. The reason will become abundantly clear in a couple of months, so you'll just have to tune into our December episode. That's it for today's show. My name's Alex Lokes. Get
1: out there, wash your hands, stay safe, make something cool happen. This is Bill Smith from the Classic Camera Revival. Welcome aboard, Jess. And yes, what Alex said, wash your hands and shoot tons of film.
2: Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, And I'm so honored To be not taking your place, just temporarily your placeholder, we'll say. There
0: we (laughs) go.
2: And yeah, everyone stay safe. Just get out there, shoot, shoot whatever you love and have Mm.
0: fun. Absolutely.